Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, America, I am Mr. Call Screener, Rich Valdez, our phone number, 877-381-3811. And yes, Mark is back. Mark is safe. And we're going to go to our first caller tonight, the great one, Mark Levin. Well, I just want Richie, the Levinites to know out there, we've been working for hours on our technology. We have a blowout in the bunker here, we think. We're going to try and get it fixed, uh, get a couple engineering experts here. We don't know what the problem is, but uh, we've been working very hard to get on the air because I am chomping at the bit, as you can imagine. And there's so much I want to talk about, and I'm, I'm deeply sorry, but there's nothing I can do about it because we just can't broadcast from the bunker. Something occurred in the transmission between here and the mothership. So we're going to leave it to you, Richie V. I want the audience to know I love you out there. Blessed to have you. We will be fighting all day tomorrow to get back on the air tomorrow night, and uh, I leave it in your good hands, Richie Oh, thank you, sir. We appreciate hearing from you, and you sound great. Tell me a little bit about what what's on your mind right now. Man, oh, Manischewitz, I was ready. I was ready with Biden and the riots, and I wanted to discuss, and I will tomorrow, this whole issue of racism, how we got where we are. It is now a poison. It has infected every aspect of our society. Uh, how the term racism now has been brought to mean anything that anybody wants it to mean, any, any even uh, uh, people who feel like they've been... Uh, uh, you know, mistreated now, it's racism and so forth. And I want to fight this entire concept now. I want to really duke this out because uh, it's happening in our colleges, it's happening in our kindergartens, in the media, it's happening in our country. And I want to fight back. And I'm sick and tired of being dictated to, I'm sick and tired of us being told that this is a, well, the idiot coach of the Seattle football team, hmm. that this country was founded by whites, for whites, have you ever heard of a bigger ignoramus in your life? And meanwhile, does he step mm-hmm. down and say, I want an African-American to serve in my position? Of course not. And, and so this needs to be addressed. I will address it more fully tomorrow. Uh, but we have been working all day to try and get that. I know the audience said, well, big deal. But uh, we really wa- I really wanted to get on the air. We're going to get this fixed, and we'll be on the air tomorrow, Richie V. You bet, sir. And as a fellow Levinite, we were looking forward to you coming back today. I'll do my best to fill the big shoes. You'll do great, and a God bless to everybody. Take Amen. Care. Thank you, sir. That is the great one. Now, the Democrats want to destroy the America that you and I both know. They're doing it with the support of their comrades in the media. They're doing it with the help of their cohorts in the swamp and their buddies in the judiciary. And like Mark Levin just said, this is out of control. You've got the media leading a huge racial, quote-unquote, awakening which is nothing more than duping the American people, lying to the American people, getting them to be one at another's throat. Why? Well, because that's how they do it. 
That's the Bolshevik tactic that they've used forever, and the left loves Bolshevism. Now, Joe Biden has hairy legs. Oh, yeah. And he learned about roaches, but that's not what I want to talk about right now. I want to talk about this anonymous op-ed that somebody sent to me recently on Facebook. And I thought to myself, man, I got to be leery of these anonymous op-eds. But it was interesting. And I want to share it with you. It's not that long, but it's really, really interesting. And the writer talks about how he dreamed that he'd never face the idea of ever having to move out of the United States. And then he, he goes into what's going on, saying, you know, he woke up and he realized that things have changed big time in America. And I think you and I both know that things have changed big time in America. And he's saying that he's confused by the hostility that he encounters with his friends and with his family. People he's known his whole life, they're so hate-filled now. Things that didn't happen before, dare I say, 2008. We were pretty chill before then. And he said he feels like he's in the twilight zone. And he just can't justify the insanity. Check this out. Here's some of his thoughts, and it's pretty good. This is in the Five Towns newspaper, Five Towns, uh, I believe it's fivetownscentral.com. Somehow it's un-American for the census to count how many Americans are in America. Russians are influencing our elections, and that's bad. But illegals voting in our elections, that's good. It was cool for Joe Biden to blackmail the president of the Ukraine, but it's an impeachable offense for our president, Donald J. Trump, Donaldus Magnus, El Trumpito, El Presidente, For him to inquire about it. 20 is too young to drink a beer. But 18 is old enough to vote. People who have never owned slaves. Should pay slavery reparations. To people who have never been slaves. People who have never been to college. Should pay the debt of college students. Who took out huge loans. For their own degrees. Immigrants with tuberculosis. And other diseases are welcome. But you better be able to prove. That your dog is vaccinated. Doctors from other countries and engineers want to come to the United States. They have to go through rigorous vetting. But any illiterate gangbanger who wants to jump the southern fence is welcome. I understand this guy's frustration. A $5 billion fee for a border wall is too much. But $1.5 trillion for free health care isn't. If you cheat to get into college, you go to prison. But if you cheat to go into the United States, you get to go to college for free. People who say there's no such thing as gender are demanding a female president. We see other countries going socialist and collapsing, but it seems like a great plan to us. Some people are held responsible for things that happened before they were even born, yet other people aren't even held responsible for what they're doing right now. Criminals are caught and released so they can hurt more people. But stopping them is bad because it's a violation of their rights. And pointing out that all of this hypocrisy somehow makes us racists. Nothing makes sense anymore. No values, no morals, no civility. People are dying of a Chinese virus, but it's racist to call it a Chinese virus, even though it began in China. We're clearly living in an upside-down world where right is wrong and wrong is right, where moral is immoral and immoral is moral. Where good is evil and evil is good. Where killing murderers is wrong, but killing the innocent is right. Wake up, America. The great unsinkable ship, the Titanic, America, has hit an iceberg. It's taking on water, and we don't want it to sink. The choice is yours to make. What will it be? 
Time is short. Choose wisely. And that's the end of that op-ed in 5towncentral.com. I thought that was remarkable because it hits a nerve of what so many Americans, so many Levinites, so many of all of us are thinking. What the heck is going on? While Joe Biden's running up and down talking about, I got hairy legs. I'm canceling fracking. I'm not canceling fracking. I'm here. I need a black woman. I need an Indian woman. I need Kamala. By the way, Kamala in Spanish is Kemala. Kemala eres, which means how bad you are. How funny is that? Kemala eres. Anyway, bottom line here, we've got tons to talk about. I've got all of Mark's notes, all of Mark's articles, and a bunch of audio that Mr. Producer pulled. So we're going to have a great night tonight. Again, my name is Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. I am sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, also known as Mr. Call Screener to the Levinites. That's Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. And you're listening to The Mark Levin Show, our phone number, 877-381-3811. Now, we just talked about how the Democrats are doing everything in their human power to hurt, diminish, and destroy so much of the America that you know, that I know, and that we all love. Last week... Kamala Harris was on TV saying, there's going to be more right. They're not going to end. Then I heard the next day, the woman who shares a haircut with me, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, she said the same thing. So I thought it was only fitting for us to go to this montage to hear exactly what it is that the Democrats continuously call for. Violence. Check this out. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless mom. They go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. 
I'd like to punch him in the face. I said if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't saying nothing yet. Well, there you have it. Right, and that's a, a big shot to Cauldron Pool, the producer of that video. Now, I heard it just like you did. I got to ask you a question. This, this one puts a smile on my face. Do you really see Joe El Baboso Biden stepping up to my man Donaldus Magnus, El Trumpito, the 45th president of the United States? I don't. I don't see him punching Trump in the face. And if he does, I think he's going down. Trump's a big dude. He's a big dude, and he's from the street. I don't know too many dudes from Delaware, and I better watch my back now while I'm walking around. The Delawareans might come after me. But guess what? Trump's a New Yorker, and I think he's going to win each and every time. I think Biden's in for a really big surprise if he decides to start swinging on the president. And, of course, we discourage that. It's insane that they call for this type of violence. We're supposed to make progress. Not what the Democrats are doing. Now, just a couple of days ago, and we'll get to this a little bit more in uh, – the other half, but the death to America chant, my goodness, that thing turned my stomach. But where do we think all of this inflammatory rhetoric comes from? Well, it comes from their true hatred, it comes from Marxism. It comes from their bowing at the altar of the left and, and worshiping leftism. What does that eventually become? It becomes this. It foments hatred. It foments anger. All of these things get into your gut and they make you a disgusting, self-hating American. Or a Democrat, if you will. So when I hear these BLM activists, protesters, rioters, shooters saying that they're going to F up the police and bust heads like they did in New York when they're, you know, the night of the nomination convention, uh, the final night of the RNC. When I hear that and I hear the, the voice of Maxine Waters echoing in my headset right now. And when you see them in the street, in a restaurant, and her feeble voice just calling for violence, calling for people to be ridiculous and to be insane, I got to tell you, it's really, really disappointing. But disappointing is what you would typically be in some sort of domestic policy. I'd have to say it's truly disgusting. It turns my stomach. Actually, I spoke with a caller yesterday. And he heard that Death to America audio, and he said, I got to tell you, you should verbally describe it 
because to actually hear it over the air literally gives me nausea. And I told him, I, I honestly feel the same way. I get a cringe from, from my gut, from the inside. Listen, if you've seen me, I'm a big dude myself. I got a big gut. So when I get that feeling in my gut, it's a big feeling. But listen, like you, I love America. And we've got to do what we have to do because the media is not going to do it. They've abandoned ship in reporting what they have to report in order for them to be a free and fair press. And that only leads to elections that may not be free nor fair. So when I think of this violence that they're calling for, when we think of, you know, what the heck is going on here, you can't help but think, where did it all come from? And of course, we can easily say, sure, Marx, Engels, of course. You know, the destruction of the Enlightenment, little by little, the systemic destruction of the Enlightenment. And, and these are just a couple of points from an article that I was just reading in Federalist, which I'm going to get to in a moment. But I think that the really big admonition here, like Mark said earlier on his call, we have to fight. And I'm not necessarily talking about a physical fight. I'm talking about an intellectual one for the hearts and for the minds of Americans and other voters. And a lot of people see through this. Now, if we have to fight, we will because we're Americans. But the bottom line is we have to take back institutions that have been hijacked from American culture. The fabric of America is being damaged daily. And we have way more power than we think. We have way more influence than we think. The time to rest on our laurels, as they say, has come and it's gone. Now's the time to rise up. Now is the time for us to do what we've got to do. Our phone number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I probably see some calls that are coming in. I promise that I'm going to get to you. Again, my name is Rich Valdez with an S on social media, at Rich Valdez on all of them. You can get at me, give me a critique, or give me some support. Either way, I want to hear from you, and we're going to get to all of that as soon as we get back. I am Rich Valdez, and you're listening to The Mark Levin Show. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. 
love him or hate him or really, really hate him. The Great One is on the air at 877-381-3811. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And you are listening to The Mark Levin Show. And as you guys heard, the first caller of the night, Mark Levin, the great one himself, I had him on the line. And he was telling me a little bit about some technical uh, difficulties that he had at the bunker. So the, the backup bunker here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City, is where I am right now. It's where Mr. Producer and I always are. And I am with you tonight. Our phone number is 877-381-3811. I just want you guys to rest assured, A, that Mark's okay, and B, no, it's not the deep state running interference on the technology Technology has these types of issues every now and again, and we're working through them. Now, uh, again, a little bit about me. I, I was a, a barber before I was even old enough to vote and started a barber shop as a teenager. Born in Brooklyn, raised in Hudson County, New Jersey. So if you hear a little bit of an accent or if you sense that uh, I have a different perspective, sometimes I do. It's, and it's because of the experiences that I've had. Uh, working in the government. I worked for Republican Governor Christopher Christie in New Jersey. All right, all right, hold the booze. And <laughs> we did some great things in Jersey. And worked as a barber, owned a barber shop, went into Christian higher ed for a while, really enjoyed that. And one of the biggest achievements or highlights of my career that I'd like to point out, uh, because it's, it really informs my view, my worldview, on education is being a founding board member of the beloved community charter school. And I'm not going to bore you with those details now, but I did go into it in somewhat of a little bit of a diatribe on my podcast, This Is America, which you could find at WABC. But what I want to talk about now is what we were talking about before, and that's the continued calls for violence. The left continues calling for violence, and I think it's it's – It shows a weak hand. It it shows that they don't have the ideas to generate an economic engine like Reagan did or like any uh, smart politician should, like El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States, like he's done. And I got news for Biden and for so many Democrats across America and Trump haters alike. You don't erase three and a half years of success with six months of coronavirus. It just doesn't work that way. But I want you to check this out. Cut four. Listen to this. What I'm worried about is this country descending into a race war, Bennett. Uh, And I'm worried about the continued incitement of violence from uh, leadership who should be focused on bringing our communities together. Uh, So you're asking me about the end result when we need to be talking about what the trigger is. Uh, because our police and peaceful protesters will will be safer uh, when we come together as a community and tamp down this black versus white rhetoric. So this black versus white rhetoric, I want to ask you guys, and our phone number is 877-381-3811, I want to ask you, how did this whole race thing start? But before we get into that, I'm getting in my ear. Update. We're not going to play Mark's music, the Meet the Press music, but I will tell you, we have breaking news. We have the great one, Mark Levin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Richie V., I want to thank you. People need to know you're not only a great call screener, you're even a better broadcaster. Thank you, sir. 
And I'm sorry, I, I appreciate that. I don't know how they did it, ladies and gentlemen, but they pasted this thing back together again. They have a workaround. I don't know what happened. I'm not a tech guy. I'm just glad to be here with you. Finally. And uh, I want to pick up where I, uh, where I started on the uh, phone call earlier when I couldn't get, it, get, uh, get the technology to work. First of all, it's a, it's a pleasure to be back, and I want to thank you all for being there. This guy, Pete Carroll, if I'm a day late and a dollar short, it doesn't matter. You haven't heard from me yet. The, uh, the coach of the Seattle team. Do you remember him, Mr. Producers, being a 9-11 nut job? Remember that? He was a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. So I'm, I'm not going to play the whole thing this guy says. Let me just say this. He basically says this nation was founded by white people for white people. I am so sick and tired of this. Tell me something, coach. That civil war that took place, where over 700,000 human beings lost their lives, including 400,000 on the civil, on the, uh, on the Union side. Was that just white people fighting white people for white people? Tell me, the multitude of civil rights acts starting after the Civil War, in the 1860s, 1870s, leading into the 1950s, 1960s, and beyond, were those for white people? The admissions processes that exist in our colleges and universities, which tip the scale for people who aren't white, quite frankly. Just telling you the facts. How's that for white people? And what is this white people stuff? Like white people are all from the same place. All have the same backgrounds. All have the same ancestry. When the Irish came here, nobody handed the Irish anything. When the Italians came here, nobody handed the Italians anything. And I can go right down the list of white people. I can go down the list of Hispanic people. Nobody handed them anything either. I can go right down the list of Asian people. And of course, African American and other black people. Nobody's handing anything to anybody except liberty. Liberty. We are not going to allow the Marxist mob with their Marxist professors and their Marxist propagandists and mouthpieces in the media destroy this country. It is amazing to me that it's the hardworking men and women of this country that use their hands, that get dirt under their fingernails, whether they're mechanics or electricians or plumbers, whether they're truck drivers or taxi drivers or Uber drivers, whether they're waiters or janitors or whomever they are, they're the ones defending this country. I don't need some jackass coach who's a multimillionaire who doesn't give up his job for anybody or anything lecturing me. They think we're going to roll over in this country? We're not rolling over in this country. This is the most diverse country on the face of the earth. Everybody has access to lawyers. Everybody has access to a courtroom if they think they're being discriminated against. But here's the thing. This is what I wanted to talk about earlier. This idea of racism. Everybody who's a chip on their shoulder, oh, it's because of racism. Everybody who doesn't succeed based on merit, oh, it must be racism. Everybody who doesn't get what they want in a free system, oh, it must be racism. 
It's not racism. This is the country where the individual has maximum freedom to succeed or fail. To succeed or fail. Notice the left, the Democrats, the media, all this. They never talk about personal responsibility. They never talk about personal accountability. This man who was shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Did he have a clean record? Why were the cops there? Who called the cops in the first place? What was he doing? What had he done before? And even before we knew all the facts, that he was tased, but it didn't affect him, that he had been on the ground, but he fought his way up, that he went around the car, he reached in the car, there was a knife on the floorboard. Even before we knew all of that, this guy, this lawyer, Crump, is out there, arrest the cops, arrest the cops. We know what's going on. There's a floating mob that moves from city to city. Marxist anarchists, they are violent. They are paramilitary. They will burn this country to the ground if we allow it. And the Democrats are allowing it. Joe Biden didn't say a damn thing about the riots for months. Didn't condemn a single person. Now he's running around trashing the president of the United States, who's all but begging the mayors and these governors to let him federalize the National Guard. But they don't. Now they call it Trump's America. Trump's America? Is Seattle Trump's America? Is Portland Trump's America? Is New York City Trump's America? Is Minneapolis Trump's America? It's the Democrat Party's America. The colleges and the universities. That's the Democrat Party's America. LGBTQ being taught to kindergartners. That's the Democrat Party's America. Open borders. So people come in here illegally. And get all the benefits of a citizen. That's what the Democrats are hoping. That's the Democrat Party's America. Eviscerating the United States military. That's the Democrat Party's America. Trashing every cop whenever there's a shooting. Assuming they're guilty. Guilty until proven innocent. If they even get a chance to prove their innocence. That's the Democrat Party's America. And now they want to steal the election. They want to steal the election. Having failed to remove the president through a coup having failed to remove the president through impeachment, now they want to prevent him from being reelected. And you know the lowest of the low lives out there? It's not even the Democrats. It's Christy Todd Whitman. It's this clown Snyder, former governor of Michigan. These are the low lives who use the Republican Party and conservatives and, and those voters to get power. Now that they're out of power, let me ask you a question. Where the hell is George Bush? Where the hell is Jeb Bush? Of course they don't like Trump. But we're up against it, ladies and gentlemen. Do they not see the cities burning? Do they not know what the Democrats intend for this country? These people who throw in with the Democrats, the former this and the former that, staffers to McCain, staffers to Bush, and this Romney, what a disgusting, well, whatever. They're throwing in with the enemy. This isn't an adversary of the Democrat Party. It's the enemy. 
It's been the enemy for a long time. Whether it's slavery or segregation and Jim Crow, it's the enemy now. Now, they talk about our founders. LeBron James talks about our founders and our framers. What does he know about our founders and our framers? Nothing. Nothing. Here's a man who has succeeded beyond any other human being's wildest dreams anywhere on the planet. And he thinks he has it hard and tough. Because maybe he stopped a few times by a cop in a car. Wow. Wow. That's horrible. That's so tough. That never happens to anybody. That never happens to white people. No. That only happens to, well, so what? So what? When's the last time, and I mean this, I'm using LeBron James as an example. I can use a million other people. When's the last time LeBron James walked through any of these cities in the most dangerous neighborhoods at 2 in the morning? When's the last time he did that? He's never going to do that because he's not a fool. Not only is this country not systemically racist, It is systemically magnificent. The people of this country, most of them, are systemically magnificent. And I will not sit silently and neither will you. Well, they drag us into the toilet. It ain't going to happen. I read a piece by a gentleman I, I respect on town hall. He served in the United States military. He said, no, the president should not use the Insurrection Act. And he makes great points. He'll be in a hostile territory with these Democrat mayors and these Democrat governors. I beg to differ. Once this election is over, win, lose, or draw, yes, he should trigger the Insurrection Act. When we used the the 82nd Airborne, they weren't exactly in friendly territory, opening up those schools in the South. We cannot let our cities burn. We mustn't let our cities burn. I'll be right back. Now I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive in Primus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com.
This has been going on since the 60s, really, but now obviously you can see it's in uh, full display. That any difference there is between individuals, or even statistically groups of individuals, it must be because of race. It must be racism. And now we've reached the point that racism has been so broadly applied and defined that the whole society is racist because look at all the inequality that takes place. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no such thing as pure equality when you're dealing with individuals, each of whom has their own DNA, each of whom has their own background and experiences and education and all the rest of it. Individuals. Individuals. Again, I'll pick LeBron James. LeBron James is an individual who is a superstar, super athlete, Really, in so many ways, physically a freak of nature. He's huge, he's fast, he's, he's, he's so incredibly coordinated and so forth and so on. That's who he is. That's who he is as an individual. That's why he gets paid what he gets paid as an individual. Not as part of a group. And yet we have this, this continues to grow, so now it's, it's if you, if, you, uh, if you work really hard, let's say you're going to medical school and you're a medical student, you work really, really hard. And because of merit and because of your grades and because of your experience and because of your references, you should be on the honor roll. No, you shouldn't because you're white. Wait a minute. I'm not on, I shouldn't be on the honor roll because I'm white. How about my own achievement? No, 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 no. In fact, people who've done less work and have poor grades, they should be on the honor roll. Why? Because of slavery 150 years ago. Or because of their background, getting into the country 40 years ago. Or whatever. This is ridiculous. And you don't have to accept it. And I'm not accepting it. We are not a racist country. I've said it a thousand times before over a decade. Look at the people trying to come into this country south of the border. Those are not people from Europe. They're not Swiss. They're not Danes. They're not the British. No. They're people coming, may I say, from one hellhole after another, trying to come into this country legally and illegally. And the vast majority of them are not white. Now, why would they try to come into a country that's systemically racist? We don't have to accept these lies, this Marxism, this anarchism, this violence, and this rioting. They can stick it. I'm not done. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. When these people say, let these Democrat liberal cities burn. You know, everybody in these cities are not liberals and aren't Democrats. But I am really ashamed when I hear people speak like this. Ashamed. We don't give up chunks of this country. 
to Marxist anarchists who were Democrats. You know, Lincoln had to fight the Democrats over slavery. One president after another had to fight the Democrats over segregation. And now we have to fight the Democrats again. The Democrats are violent. Civil war, segregation, the Klan. They're violent. The 1960s riots. The riots now. That's who they are. When's the last time you saw Republicans burning down cities? Never. Never. So we can't run from this and figure out every excuse for not taking action. And yes, if the military gets involved, it could become very violent. And I know the words I'm speaking today will be considered provocative. They're not provocative. This is your history. The military's been called in before. Many times before. Not to be policemen. That's unconstitutional. To put down an insurrection. That's exactly what's taking place. Is it complicated? Yes. Will it be difficult? Yes. But you can't have people leaving the White House South Lawn after the Republican National Convention, watching the first family and the President of the United States take the nomination, and they're assaulted and beaten. You can't have a senator like Rand Paul threatened, and he wasn't the only one. I was there too with my wife. My stepson had to find a circuitous route back to his hotel. We had to find a way around. The cops were pushing the perimeter back. The nation's capital. Look at the mayor, this nut job in the, in the nation's capital. Puts together a commission to take down offensive monuments. Like the Jefferson Memorial on the Washington Monument. Over our dead bodies, for God's sakes. First of all, the idiots, those are federal lands and federal monuments. You still want to give statehood to Washington, D.C.? Hell no. It's the District of Columbia. It's right there in the Constitution. And they hate our Constitution. Because it was written by slaves. And yet they love Marx. Whose ideology is the responsibility for the murder of 100 million human beings and the enslavement of hundreds of millions more. This apparently doesn't bother them. Not in the least. So they want to surrender freedom and a nation that's made enormous progress is a diverse nation where there's significant interracial marriage where people get along if they're left alone by politicians and mobsters. They want to trade what we have today. Not talking about slavery. They want to trade what we have today for the slavery and mass murder of Marxism. And some of these idiots are multimillionaires, even billionaires, as a result of their own freedom. Look at the media. The media and academia have driven this, this agenda to our point right where we are now. A great piece in the tablet 
They look at the New York Times and the Washington Post, among others. Prior to 2013, the terms white and racial privilege appeared in an average of 0.000013% in the the New York Times and 0.000015% of all words in the New York Times and the Washington Post, respectively. Between 2013 and 2019, these average frequencies grew by an astounding 1,200% in the New York Times and 1,500% in the Washington Post. Meanwhile, the frequency at which privilege shared the same lexical space as terms like white, color, and skin reach a record high. The spike in the usage of whiteness was similarly sudden, if comparatively modest. And until 2015... The term averaged a usage rate of approximately 0.0001% of all words in the Times and Post, respectively. Since 2015, however, it's frequently has ranged from, and they give numbers, in other words, significantly. An average yearly increase of roughly 500% in the Times and 360% in the Washington Post. Whatever it used to mean, white supremacy is now everywhere and applicable to any context. Until a few years ago, white supremacy and their variants uh, were used was likely limited to references to actual card-carrying white supremacists. But as with racism, these terms have since been radically expanded by a rapid ideologically driven concept creep. White supremacy is now a vague and all-encompassing label. Instead of describing the demonstrably discriminatory ideas and actions of particular institutions or individuals, white supremacy is now understood by many progressives to be the fundamental ethos of the American system as a whole. By 2019, the Times and the Post were respectively using these terms approximately 17 and 18 times more frequently than they were in 2014. And incidentally, white liberal readership of the Times and Post saw marked growth across this same period. And so, major media in this country is pushing the race baiting. Pushing racism. And you can see by a number of the guests, the columnists, the op-ed writers, the news analysts, you can see on CNN and MSNBC, the miscreants and malcontents they have as contributors for the most part. White privilege, white supremacy. You're now all white supremacists. Did you know this? And it's in your DNA. You can't fix it. So if you can't fix it, according to them, then why do we try to fix it? If we're stuck with it, then there's nothing we can do about it. Now think about how stupid that is. They don't even make sense, these folks on the left. This is all an ideology. It's an ideology that began really in the 60s, perhaps earlier, but really pushed in the 60s, and half a century later, here we are. The media push it, the tenure professors push it, their students push it. Who the hell do you think's in the streets? you got criminals, we know that, because of the people who've been, uh, who've been detained so far, and college graduates or college students. 
You see these Black Lives Matter movements I saw it outside of Washington, D.C. Look like there were more white people involved in that than black people. Just from an observation, anecdotal. And angry, oh, very angry. Because you're white. You're privileged. And you don't agree with Marx. You don't agree in destroying your society and to recreate this brand new paradise, you see. Like Pol Pot did when he killed 25% of his people in Cambodia. Like Mao did when he killed 60 million of his own people. Like Stalin did when he killed 30 million of his own people. Like Castro did when he killed tens of thousands of his own people. And we can go on and on and on. And the people in Cuba are enslaved. Many of the people in Russia are enslaved. Many of the people in in China are enslaved. You just don't get to see it. But you see the genocide. You see what they do to the Muslims and the Christians and others in China. And that's the movement that Black Lives Matter embraces. Now, one other thing. I know this is a sore subject, but somebody's got to talk about it. So I will. The rise of anti-Semitism in the black community is shocking. Or maybe it's just coming to the fore. Whether it's the Hasidic Jews in Brooklyn who are beaten up regularly, whether it was the riots in L.A. where 25% of the synagogues were defaced, whether it is what certain football players and basketball players have to say about Jews, Black Lives Matter in their mission statement, of course, targeting not Iran, not Cuba, not China, but Israel with the BDS movement and their anti-Semitic sloganeering. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I don't watch ESPN anymore. I'm wondering, do the sportscasters and ESPN and the ex-jocks who are sportscasters now... Do they walk off stage when they learn about BD, about the Black Lives Matter and their anti-Semitism? I don't think they do. They walk off the set. Well, the mayors, de Blasio, and Bowser and others in these cities paint Black Lives Matter BLM on their streets. Are they embracing the anti-Semites? And you could hear, as we could hear in Washington, the Jew-hating comments. I've told you this before. If you hate America, you hate Israel. If you hate Israel, you hate America. It's just the way it goes down, pretty much. How many stories have you seen on on ESPN or CNN or MSNBC? And I'll even add my my beloved Fox on the anti-Semitism. That's taking place. You understand that the man that Joe Biden met today, the father of the man who was shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin, did you read the things that he had to say about Jews and Christians? They're barbaric. But Joe Biden met with him. Why did Joe Biden meet with him? What was the point of meeting with the father? who has the most loathsome statements, the most bigoted 
statements you can imagine about Jews and Christians and white people. Why would Joe Biden talk to or meet with that gentleman? Why? I'll be right back. You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. They all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. And the, uh, and the Democrats, the Democrat Party, there are many of you Democrats who do not think like your party leaders, and you should rethink that yourselves, I believe. The Democrat Party hates America. Hates it. They hate freedom. They hate capitalism. They hate the civil society. But they want you to believe otherwise. When they saw their polls starting to tank, they reversed course. What did Joe Biden say when the riots were spreading in New York City, Mr. Producer? Nothing. What did Joe Biden say when the riots began in Minneapolis? Nothing. What did Joe, uh, Joe Biden say when the freak show took place in Seattle? Not a word. What did Joe Biden say the first 90 days when a federal courthouse was under assault in Portland? Nothing. Not a word. Now he tells people, don't riot. It's not a good thing. Is that leadership? man who looks at the polls and decides what to say in the face of mayhem and violence Marxist anarchists police being beaten and blinded and then he thinks he can blame it on the president of the United States when it's his party, his mayors, his governors who refuse to, to ask the president to send in the National Guard all of a sudden, Joe Biden's the law and order president or candidate. And then you have former Governor Snyder, Michigan, former Governor Whitman of New Jersey, and the other, these other losers saying that Joe's a decent man. He's a good man, this Joe Biden. Right, if he's not fondling you. Or cozying up to bigots and racists and segregationists. If he's not trying to destroy your character like Clarence Thomas or Robert Bork. Sure, he's a great guy, that Joe Biden. Great guy. What the hell did Donald Trump ever do to any of these people? Any of them. Nothing. 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 
It's like the suburbs. What the hell has the President of the United States ever done to the suburbs that's so horrible? Nothing. But the Democrats and Biden have plans, boy. They're going to rip the suburbs from one side to another. You must be a white supremacist. I don't take that crap, those accusations, and neither should you. We're Americans. There's Americans who love this country, and then there's Americans who hate this country. That's the distinction. That's the distinction. I have a question. Joe Biden was in the Senate for over six terms. He was vice president for eight years. Can you name one thing he did for the black community? Just one. Just one. Can you name one thing that was truly profound that he did for the country? Just one. You can't name anything. But he tells us all these magnificent things he's going to do now. Just one more chance. Make him president of the United States. He's got a 110-page manifesto. Everything's free. Everything's green. Everything's clean. Everything's so great. If you'll just surrender your life, your property, and your liberty to Joe Biden. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. America's Tyranny Hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, I personally like Judge Napolitano. He's a very, very nice guy. They don't come any nicer, as a matter of fact. But when I wasn't here, I read some of the things he said, apparently, on Varney's show, I believe, doing this by recollection, on the Fox Business Channel. And I feel it's my public duty to correct things, not to attack the judge, but to correct things, when he said that he would expect that Nancy Pelosi could be the acting president because he doesn't expect the Republicans to take the House of Representatives. Now, those of you who listen to this program, you know that that's not the test. If it comes down to the House of Representatives, assuming it can get to the House of Representatives, the selection of the presidents by the House, the vice president by the Senate, and as we get closer, I'll explain this more, as I did in the past and as I wrote at length in Men in Black, every member of the House doesn't get the vote for president of the United States. Each delegation gets one vote. The House of Representatives today has a majority Democrats, but has a majority Republican delegations. 
There are 26 Republican delegations. There are 22 Democrat delegations, and two are tied. Pennsylvania and I believe Michigan. So if the matter was decided by the House and could actually get to the House, um, and those numbers stay about the same, then Donald Trump would be President of the United States. But this is exactly why they're doing the mail-in vote the way they're doing it. They don't want it to get to that point. They want this thing litigated left and right. There's still ways around it, and I'm exploring them, and I'll discuss it at more length as as the weeks go on, but not months, because we're getting close. This mail-in vote effort was pushed hard starting in March by Nancy Pelosi. came out of nowhere. So they've been plotting on this just as Antifa and Black Lives Matter have been plotting to burn our cities for so long. And they've been plotting to do this because they couldn't remove, first they thought they'd defeat Trump with spies and the FBI and the FISA and all that, but they failed. Despite the best efforts of the Obama administration, the Hillary campaign, and our FBI and CIA. Shocking, really. And of course the media, the media are involved in all this. Because the media are not a free press. I wrote an entire book on this too. The media are the enemy of the people. They are today the enemy of the people. It's sad, but it's a fact. They don't believe in news. They believe in pushing in ideology. But if the matter gets to the House, each delegation gets one vote. Not every member gets one vote. And so what Pelosi will try to do is keep it so muddled uh, that she wants to appoint herself or have herself appointed President of the United States. I want you to think about that. And by the way, Nancy, despite breaking uh, San Francisco's rules and despite trampling all over that poor salon owner, uh, your hairdo didn't, uh, y- you still look like you look if you get my drift. You're a mess. You're a mess. I'm, I'm just being honest. You're a mess. My advice, wear a hat. Maybe a mask. Wear the whole thing. And so you're not supposed to get blow-dried hair because, you know, your spittle might get blown across the... I don't know what the theory is there, but okay, fine. She breaks all the rules. And then, of course, she's an Alinskyite. And so the perpetrator claims to be the victim and then blames the victim as the perpetrator. They're doing the same thing on the mail-in vote. And as I keep telling you, Cloward and Piven overwhelm the system, collapse the system, grab power, and accuse the victim, that would be our president, of causing the problem. Same thing with the riots. Accuse the president, who doesn't run a single one of these cities or states, who's been begging them to call in the National Guard so he can send them. He's responsible, you see. Not the Democrats and their rioters. He's responsible. Remember when the Democrats said uh, federal law enforcement was provoking this? Remember that? Remember when they said the use of the National Guard? Remember uh, Mattis and Kelly and the, all the other ex-generals? We don't use the military. We always use the military when there's an insurrection. But I guess if you're a retired colonel, uh, a general sitting on your ass at home, you can comment about these things the way you do. Watch the cities burns. You're, you burn. You're unaffected. 
Shocking, really. What's been going on in this country. Shocking. But the judge is a good man. He just happens to be wrong. And this is spelled out in federal statute. And it'll be very interesting what happens on January 6th. January 3rd is when the new Congress is sworn in. And then they're supposed to meet on January 6th. The archivist of the United States is supposed to provide the uh, what they call certificates of ascertainment from the various governors who sign off on the electoral votes in their states. If you still have states that are up in the air, seems to me you might want to proceed without them. That's their problem. Pennsylvania, you may have read on the internet, a secret meeting between the governor and Democrats in Philadelphia, where he's warning them we can't wait three weeks after the election like we did during the primary to get results. And this is going to be the problem all over the country. And the Democrats are counting on it. That's why Hillary Clinton said to Joe Biden, don't concede for any reason at any time. And then they talk about Trump, the idiot B.J. Bill Clinton, A walking hemorrhoid, if I may say politely. Hey, everybody. Anyway, uh, he, uh, he says the president is going to use sandbags to stay in there. So you see all the, uh, all the positioning and the narrative that they're trying to create. The president's telling people, please go out and vote on election day. And they're attacking him. Now, everybody knows what's going on. You and I know what's going on. They'd like to get rid of the Electoral College. They want to get rid of presidential debates. Look at, look at what they're up to. They want to get rid of in-person voting. They back the rioters who attack the Constitution. They want open borders. They try to eviscerate our cops, eviscerate our military. And then for all the things that they promote and create, they blame the president and his supporters. Just don't accept it. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. And so you have to ask yourself, how's this going to play out? Courtroom after courtroom and county after county. State after battleground state. Who's responsible for this? Who's doing this? The Democrats. Who impeached an innocent president and violated the traditions of the impeachment process? The Democrats. Who used the FBI and other instrumentalities of the federal government, federal law enforcement and intel agencies to unmask American citizens, to create phony memos, to try and put innocent men like Mike Flynn in prison and Papadopoulos and others? Who put spies in the Trump campaign? The Democrats. Who supported the rioters? celebrated them and attacked federal law enforcement and the National Guard over the past many months. The Democrats. And who is destroying our electoral system and the faith the American people have in the outcome of the general election? The Democrats. This is a massive revolution against the American Revolution. This is the counter-revolution against the American Revolution. I've written about it in seven books. I told you it was coming. Now it's here. Now it's here. And they seem to want to drive this nation into a civil war. I'll tell you what's interesting. They want to talk about white privilege and white supremacists. 
Over 60% of the population is white by the definition of the census, whoever defines these things. A fairly small percentage of the population is black. An even smaller percentage is actually African American. It's a very tolerant society, ladies and gentlemen. Very tolerant. If we weren't a tolerant society, we'd be more like these autocracies. It's thanks to the Constitution. Specifically the Bill of Rights. That many of these things are taking place around you. I'm not talking about the violence. But the speech of the Marxists and the anarchists and the media types all on one and the same. That was given to them. And us. By the men who adopted the Bill of Rights. Some of whom owned slaves, some of whom did not. Most of whom did not. Now this clown who is the coach of the Seattle football team, I told you before, you might remember he was a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. But now he's taken very seriously. Basically said America was founded by white men to benefit white men. And there he is in a league that is overwhelming majority non-white men. And I think to myself... How ignorant and illiterate can you possibly be? Can you possibly be? You'll find none of that language in the Declaration of Independence. You'll find none of it in the Constitution. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about the three-fifths person? Had nothing to do with race. In fact, the opposite. The purpose of that provision in the Constitution, as I've explained a thousand times, was to weaken the representation of the South in the House of Representatives. Because the non-slave states argued that the South couldn't have it both ways, treating human beings as slaves, as non-human beings, and on the other hand, counting them for the purpose of increasing their numbers in the House. That's why that provision is in there. Not because there was a belief that human beings were three-fifths human beings. But it doesn't matter. I can say it a thousand times, but the Marxists don't care. Have you noticed something else, ladies and gentlemen? The mob is coming for the mayors. The mayor of St. Louis had to move. The mayor of Portland had to move. The mayor of Seattle needs to move because they turn on their on their so-called political leaders. They have to wipe them out too. You see the, uh, the radical anti-Semite leftists that are getting elected to the House? One from St. Louis recently. Of course, one from Detroit, one from Minneapolis, one from New York, one from Boston. They're taking out Democrat leaders. It's a new guard. They're going to take out Democrats. And they're going to use the Democrat Party to advance their cause. That's what Bernie Sanders is. Bernie Sanders isn't even a Democrat. He's a socialist. He doesn't even register as a Democrat. I'll be right back. (laughs) 
You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. They all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. April 15, 2019. I wrote this to myself. I taped it to my printer. It's right in front of my eyes. I've read it to you twice, I think, over the course of a year and a half. I'll read it to you again. The diabolical genius of Marxism-Socialism is that it provides the emotional and intellectual roadmap for autocrats to persuade millions of people to support their own enslavement to government. We have an election where we're going to have millions and millions of people voting to enslave themselves. To surrender their liberty, to surrender their hard-earned income, to surrender their private property rights, to surrender their communities, their schools, their guns, to the government. This is why Jefferson, Joseph Story, Lincoln... Reagan, so many others. This is why they warned that if the United States is to be defeated, it will be defeated from within. And that's what this election is all about. We have to outvote the people who seek to impose tyranny on themselves and us in this election. And it's going to be tough. I'm not a Pollyanna. I look at the polls, I look at this, I look at that, I dismiss them and so forth. It's going to be tough because you have the media, academia, the culture in terms of entertainment, the Democrat Party, part of the Republican Party, supporting tyranny. Some unwittingly, most wittingly. It's really quite remarkable that we've reached this point. Why in his 110-page manifesto did Joe Biden not once talk about the riots and the rioters? Why did he not once talk about the widespread and growing violence? Why did he not once talk about how he would address it, confront it, neutralize it? Nowhere. Nowhere in 110 pages of his manifesto did he say a word. Nothing. Why is that? Because he agrees with them, that's why. The poll.
polls went south, but he still agrees with them. So does Bernie Sanders, because those are his people out there burning and rioting and terrorizing. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. You know, the reason why the framers of the Constitution limited the power of the federal government. That is, limited what areas it could get into and so forth, was because of this. Because now we're one election away from some kind of tyranny, some kind of totalitarian regime. We absolutely are. I'm probably one of the few people who have read the 110-page, effectively, Marxist manifesto that Biden and Bernie Sanders united behind I'm also going to demonstrate to you, with the help of others, that Joe Biden is a pathological liar. He's always been a pathological liar. He's not just an idiot. He's a pathological liar. And here's what he said just a few weeks ago on August 13th about nationwide mask mandate. Cut, eight, go. It's about saving Americans' lives. So let's institute a mask mandate nationwide, starting immediately. And we will save lives. So he said that in plain English. Plain enough where even Joe Scarborough could understand it. And on a press conference yesterday, he lies about it. Hat tip, bright bar, cut 10, go. You had suggested there would be some kind of a federal mandate about masks. And now you're saying... No, no, what, what, people? no, no, here's... What I suggested was, I would ask every person in authority, there's a question whether or not a president under the Constitution could mandate right. everyone wear a mask. And remember, all during the primary, I'd have a lot of people telling me I would buy executive order do. I'm a constitutionalist. You know, you can't do things the Constitution doesn't allow right, Let's stop there. First of all, he's not, but that is funny. Okay, so he says he didn't say it. Now let's go back to cut eight. Go. It's about saving Americans' lives. So let's institute a mask mandate nationwide, starting immediately, and we will save lives. Okay, so he's a liar. He did say it. And he's a pathological liar, meaning there's a pattern to this. This is uh, August, uh, not that long ago, on uh, ABC. Cut 11, go. If you're sworn in come January and we have coronavirus and the flu combining, which many scientists have said is a real possibility, would you be prepared to shut this country down again? 
I would be prepared to do whatever it takes to save lives because we cannot get the country moving until we control the virus. So if the scientists say, shut it down? I would shut it down. I would hmm. listen to the scientists. Oh, which scientist? And here he is again yesterday at a press conference. Cut 12, go. The idea that you're going to be able to get the economy back on track without getting COVID under control is completely counterintuitive. It's not there. It can't happen. So unless we're uh, let, to... Let's stop there. First of all, how ridiculous is that? We don't have cancer under control. We don't have heart disease and heart attacks and all kinds of things under control, but the economy must chug along because everybody doesn't get these horrific diseases and illnesses just as everybody doesn't get sick or sickly from uh, the coronavirus. So that's just a preposterous statement. And we know it's preposterous because it's happening. That is, people are working. People are working. You have food on your table. Truckers are trucking. There's fuel at the pump. So it's just a stupid comment. Anyway, go ahead. And drastically cut its impact on people's confidence of being able to either go to work or walk into a business or do business, then it doesn't matter a lot. There is going to be no need, in my view, to be able to shut down the whole economy. I got asked by David Muir a question if I was asked to shut everything down. I took that as a generic question if am I going to follow the science? So now he's backing off from that. He said, I would shut it down. Now, there's no need to shut it all down. He's a pathological liar. Now, what about fracking? What did he say on July 31, 2019, in response to a question from Dana Bash, CNN, on fracking? Cut 13, go. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those, either any fossil fuel. Okay, not just no subsidies. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking and Biden administration? No. We would work it out. No. But then he's in Pittsburgh on Monday, and Biden says this, cut 14, go. With a clean energy strategy, that is a place for the energy workers right here in western Pennsylvania. I am not banning fracking. Let me say that again. I am not banning fracking, no matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. Donald Trump doesn't lie about you. You said it. And not only did you say it, it's in your 110-page document that you're going to eliminate fossil fuels. And I would encourage you all, particularly those of you who work in that area or who have businesses that are affected by fossil fuel, to read it. Because he's lying to you. Just as he lied about not supporting a nationwide mask, just as he lied about not shutting down the government if Fauci tells him, excuse me, the country, if Fauci tells him to, cut, to uh, shut down the country. Nobody's making this stuff up. It came out of his mouth and it's in writing. I mean, even with the mask. Kamala Harris. Good soldier. She was saying the same thing. Cut nine, Mr. Producer. Go. That's what real leadership looks like. We just witnessed real leadership. 
which is Joe Biden said that as a nation, we should all be wearing a mask for the next three months because it will save lives. They're like obsessed with masks. Except Nancy Pelosi, as she... I told you she looks like Morticia. Oh, my Lord. She's walking into that salon. Her hair is kind of waddling, may I say, with all due respect. I, 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 I just want to blow my hair blown. And I, I, I just want to, I want to have it very, very, you know, really good. And I, I just want it to look good. And uh, they, they told me. They, they told me one person it's okay. So here I am. And one person. What's the problem? One, one per- they owe me an apology. Oh, they owe me an apology. She's a sick, nasty old lady. That's what she is. Eva Pelosi. With all due respect. Eva Pelosi. She's a disgrace. She's a disaster. Now, what about this unrest and rioting? Well, we remember, thanks to a montage, believe it or not, on Twitter, what leading Democrats in the media had to say about uprisings and unrest and harassment. Listen to this one. Cut one, go. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. They go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution are are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's slip in one more. Similar. But still, cut to go. 
another night of violent protests. Violent protests are continuing across the country. Let's get one thing straight. Bringing Molotov cocktails to public gatherings is not a peaceful protest. Democrats invited it. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. Democrats encouraged it. They go low, we kick them. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. Get up in the face of some Congress people. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. It's Molotov cocktails and loaded rifle magazines and arson and assault and laser beams blinding police officers. The crowd turned on us. It was clear it was organized, and then a mob descended on us. It's no wonder people are taken to the streets, and I support them. They're literally walking up and down the street, breaking every window they see. Violent anarchists have broken windows, destroyed fencing, graffiti buildings. The vast majority of the protests have been peaceful. Exercising the right to peacefully protest. Let's get one thing straight. The riots are not peaceful protests. Police were ambushed. A couple of bricks. There were a number of officers hurt. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. An elderly couple targeted because of their political views. Democrats bailed them out. New questions about who the Minnesota Freedom Fund is bailing out. Joe Biden's own staff contributed to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. That fund offered bail to serial rape murderers, and other violent criminals who are now back on the street. Kamala Harris encouraged her followers to contribute to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And if Democrats take the Senate, they'll answer to the mob. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day, and they should not. These mass protesters are destroying anything they see. The violence and the vandalism are not peaceful protests. Say no to the mob. Mm-hmm. Democrat Party at it again. Every 50 years or so, trying to destroy the country. And that time has come. And so you'll get to pick on Election Day. Liberty or tyranny? Liberty or tyranny? I'll be right back. Mark in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. You know, there's a great book out there 
called Liberal Privilege, Joe Biden and the Democrats' Defense of the Indefensible by Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr., how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? Let me look. I'm doing great. Thank you, sir. Um, Your book is terrific. I mean, you really eviscerate Biden, but you do more than that. You eviscerate the Democrats and their agenda. And we had a great, great time on uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday. But tell me this. You encapsulate, really, in your one book, the case for your dad's re-election and the case against Joe Biden. Joe Biden's now traveling. What happened? Did the science change? Yeah, well, I don't know. It, it seems like he doesn't travel for very long. He emerges from his basement den, uh, you know, once every couple of months. They get the photo up, then they run with it as though it's an ad, as though he's actually out there campaigning, and then he needs to go back into his burrow uh, and, and hide for a few more days, presumably because he doesn't have the energy to do it. You saw that, right? He went to yeah. Pennsylvania, and they get a couple pictures, and the next day that's the ad because it's the only ad that he's not in his basement den. Uh, it's really sad, but the media is trying to perpetrate a hoax on the American people, much like the Russia hoax, this hoax that Joe Biden is capable of running this country, that he's not just camouflaged for the radical left. And, yeah, it was awesome to be on your show uh, you know, on Sunday to go through the entire case for the full hour. I got so many compliments of that because so many people had no idea how much information is out there about Joe Biden that – no one's bothered to tell them information that would be very damaging, information that any journalist at any other point in history would be all over writing articles. He wouldn't even have a chance to get uh, you know, nominated, let alone win. Uh, and those people, those same quote-unquote journalists, have abdicated their responsibility to inform the American public simply to be radical activists for the far left. Let me ask you this question. Joe Biden... Um is now talking about the rioting. You know, he couldn't do it for three months, but he's talking about the rioting now. And he attacks uh, the president. What is it that he would do about the rioting? I mean, he can't even tell the mayors and the governors in his own party to put it down. Well, and and he didn't say anything about it forever. And no one at the DNC, you know, that week-long I Hate America Zoom call that was the DNC, not a single speaker. There were hundreds of Democrats. Not a single person even mentioned it. It was only once prompted by Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon saying, hi, guys, you know, uh, this rioting uh, done by Joe Biden voters, you know, these are not Republican voters. These are not conservatives burning down businesses, uh, you know, trying to set churches on fire, uh, looting uh, stores. Uh, These are Joe Biden voters. But Cuomo and Lemon are there. You know, man, it's it's starting to hurt us in the polling. You know, about 20 minutes later, Biden says, you know, he puts out a very tepid uh, sort of respond. Well, we shouldn't really do this. I go, where have you been for three months, Joe? You know, if something happens with China or with Russia or with Iran or with North Korea, are you going to wait 90 days to respond? Or are you going to be sleeping in the basement? Uh, how can this guy want to be president? I mean, I don't even know that he wants to. I think it's just sort of the natural progression. It's his turn. He's tried three different times. He had to drop out the first time for plagiarizing speeches and cheating. You know, that doesn't surprise me. That's what the Democrats, what they're all about at this point. It's truly sad, Mark. It's the first time in American history where you get more, you get more punished for opening up your business to feed your family than you do for looting or committing arson on someone else's business. He has no, no response to the rioting and the violence because most of those people are going to vote Democrat if they vote. And also, right. on the virus... 
I mean, I don't know what else your father could have done, and neither does Joe Biden, because he has no independent thought process on anything else he would have done, does he? No, but don't forget, I mean, as, as it relates to that, they did have a response. Their response was to not shut down travel from Wuhan. Mm-hmm. Their, their response was that when Donald Trump did that, all of a sudden it was magically racist. Now, Mark, at any other point in time in history, shutting down travel from the epicenter of a deadly viral outbreak, it would be common sense. That would make sense. People would be like, you know, I get it. Understanding it's a tough decision. They said for weeks, even up to a month, you can't do that. It's xenophobic and racist. They're running around. Now, Don Jr., we're going to carry you over at the bottom of the hour if you can stay. I can. All right. We love having you. We'll be right back. The book is Liberal Privilege. Go to Amazon.com and get yourself a copy. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Liberal privilege, Joe Biden and the Democrats' defense of the indefensible. That's the book. You can get it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. We link to Amazon. You can go directly to Amazon. Uh, And we have its author, Donald Trump Jr. Now, Donald Trump Jr., this is an election between liberty and tyranny, isn't it? A hundred percent. I mean, and and that's, you know, I know it sort of gets trite. Every election, Mark, they say that, oh, this is the most important election ever. Just look at the policies. I mean, they're in the book. This really is Marxism at its finest. I mean, Joe Biden is running on Bernie Sanders' platform. That's the Biden-Sanders joint unity platform that's on his website, where you, the American taxpayer, have the privilege of a $4 trillion tax hike to cover things like free health care, education and lawyers for illegal immigrants that will, you know, again, create more of a flood on our already overwhelmed health care systems, our already overwhelmed education systems. You have the privilege of paying for that. Now, you don't have the privilege, Mark, of getting those things for free for yourself or for your kids, even though you've been paying into the tax system forever. Uh, that just doesn't exist. So the disparity between the two parties, you see that. At no other point in time in history could someone with a straight face say, hey, the Democrat Party seems to be tacitly accepting the looting, the rioting, the burning down of cities. And yet they've turned down federal assistance for months from my father while their cities burn, 
while they have daily riots and attacks and good, hardworking policemen and women are sent to the hospital every night. You know, you have to wonder what's going on in the Democrat Party. And that's the thing. This isn't the Democrat Party anymore. The Democrat Party of your grandfather, even of your parents, is no more. Uh, that party is long gone. This is now the Marxist Party of the radical left. And you don't have to trust me. Just look at their policies. Look at the Web page. Look at Joe Biden's policies that he's delineated. They would destroy our working class. They would destroy our manufacturing. They would make us dependent on China, which is what Joe Biden's consistent policies have done over the last 50 years. They would be the destruction of America as we know it. And the media is trying to pretend that he's somehow a moderate. So there's never been a greater disparity. I wrote about this in my first book, which was I understand uh, socialism and communism and these systems, because my mother actually escaped from them, Mark. My mother escaped communist Czechoslovakia. She came here legally, but escaped it. And my grandfather, who was such a big part of bringing me up, he brought me over there when I was a kid, five, six years old, so that I could understand how blessed we were in America to have the freedoms that we have. The Democrats want to give that all away. It's, a it's absolutely mind-boggling. It's truly insane. I noticed Joe Biden also uh, lies. He's still lying. He lied about the face mask. Now he says, I'm a constitutionalist. And he uh, lies about uh, shutting down the country. He says, well, I don't think we'd have to do that when he said we would if Fauci told him to. And then, uh, and then we get the uh, he's campaigning around Pittsburgh or whatever he's doing. Yep. And he's saying, I, I never said that I would eliminate fracking. He absolutely said he would end fossil fuels. A hundred percent. He said it in the CNN debates. He said it at you know the two or three town halls that he's done whenever he's come out of his basement. Uh, it's on his webpage. I mean, they're going to eliminate fossil fuels by 2030, and they're going to eliminate new fracking immediately. I mean, it's right there. I mean, I can read it. Why does he get to lie about it? But more importantly, why does no one in the media, no one so on social media, they're not censoring that video of him lying. It's false. It goes totally against everything that he's said. It goes against what Kamala Harris believes and has stated vociferously out there that she's against these things and that they're going to put an end to it. But the media and social media will allow him to lie to the people of Pennsylvania because they know that fracking creates tens of thousands of jobs. Without fracking, the Pennsylvania economy could be in the dumps. Uh, but they'll let him lie to the people of Pennsylvania there. They won't call him out. They won't fact-check him. Uh, they won't put up the little warning signs that these are only partial truths. They let him get away with it. We don't have that privilege. So that's another example of sort of uh, liberal privilege where he can do and say whatever he wants to two different people, depending who it is, even if those statements are in direct conflict with each other. And as long as it helps move the needle forward for Joe Biden and you know the radical Dems, it's okay. It's mm -hmm. fine. It doesn't need to be fact-checked because the media is complicit with the Democrat Party. Journalism no longer exists. It has been replaced by leftist activism. And then we have this issue of mail-in voting where the Democrats hope to steal the election while pretending that it is they who stand for the integrity of the vote when, in fact, they're creating the narrative that if they're behind, they'll litigate, and, uh, and if, if they're behind, it's Trump's fault and the post office. And if they're ahead, uh, Trump won't leave the White House, so he's a dictator. And, of course, the media play right along, don't they? Of course they do. I mean, they've been running with this narrative. Look at what's happened. I mean, Jerry Nadler, 
uh, the congressman from New York City, who no one's going to confuse as a conservative, is literally on the record forever. It was uh, bipartisan politics. Uh, uh, strangely enough, that where they all agreed, there was commissions uh, with Jimmy Carter in this, where you had Republicans and Democrats agreeing that it's ripe for fraud. You look at some of the special elections and some of the primaries that have been happening done with bail and founding, and 65 days out after the election, they still don't know who won. Uh, I was with a, I was at a party uh, for for a congressman a little while ago, and there was a lieutenant governor there whose daughter lives in New York City. She's leaving now because of fear, but she lived in New York City, and during that special election, she said she got four ballots to her apartment, to different yeah. names, to her apartment for the same race. Now, none of those people live there anymore, uh, but they were just empty ballots floating around. Anyone could have opened them up, signed them, sent them back in, and had that vote tabulated. I mean, that's what's going on. We know it. We see it. Same thing going on in New Jersey. We had a cat in Atlanta that's been dead for 12 years. Uh, <laughs> get a ballot in. I mean, this stuff's going on. It's insanity. But again, no matter what, you know, Trump is wrong. He's trying to suppress the vote. Guess what? If you can riot in person, you can vote in person, Mark. Mm -hmm. That's a good line. And uh, the fact of the matter is they're pushing mail-in voting, and they don't want people to show up in person. That's so bizarre, but they do it because after the fact, they want to be able to do what they did in a number of, of congressional districts in, in California and so forth, where Republicans won, then all of a sudden, a week later, the Democrats declared the winner. This has been sleazy. They've been pushing this since March and April. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, mail-in voting, mail-in voting. And the problem is, you know, Don Jr., it's not the post office, although that has its issues, there's no question. These states are not prepared for it, and they know they're not prepared Correct. And that's the part of the chaos that they want. Well, and that's it. You know, they, they try to say Trump's against all mail-in vote. No, there are states that have an absentee ballot system that has been in place for a long time. You, you request it. It's, you know, you have an ID and an address, and, you know, they can verify that it's real. You request it. They send it to you. You fill it in, send it back. We're fine with that. It's that they want to try to create a system. Hey, let's send out 350 million ballots. We'll do it based on the census data of 10 years ago. Hopefully people are still living in the same homes. You know, if you get a wrong ballot, I'm sure you won't just fill it out, and I'm sure they won't ballot harvest like they do all the time. I mean, they're literally trying to steal it from, from underneath us. Now, again, in places, Florida, for example, has a good absentee ballot system. It's worked well for years. We're 100% fine with that. That's not the narrative that you hear. Um, you know, Trump wants you to get sick for voting in person. It's like, wait a second. Like, even Fauci said you think you can vote for person. Even these people are coming out and saying there's no reason you can't take precautions uh, and be reasonable. Go vote and then corral your hands. It's not rocket science. <laughs> and in a state that has an established system like absentee balloting, you know what? If you feel more comfortable, do that. But this notion that we're just going to blanket try a state that, you know, they're incompetent as they are with Democrat leadership. You've seen what's going on for the last few months. Hey, let's try something new and hope that the 40 million people of California get it right, even though it's going to be a, you know, a dry run. Let's just hope we get it right. I don't think we can entrust our democracy, especially to these clowns in government who have failed so many times already with these kind of policies. By the way, you bring up California. That's another interesting point. They run up the vote in California because that's a, an iron-fisted, one-party state. Uh, and then they say, look, we won the popular vote, and Trump only won the Electoral College. Well, if you take California out of it, Trump won the popular vote and the Electoral College. Well, correct. But, you know, again, and if that was how the game was played, my father would have campaigned in California, Mark. You know, mm -hmm. he would have campaigned in New York. He would have spent more time there, and he could have won a lot more votes. Uh, that's not the way it works. 
you know, and our Constitution and, and our, the, you know, our founding fathers designed it so that people in those big places couldn't just decide what happens in the rest of the country. So you know, Hillary Clinton, you're talking about not conceding elections it's as though she hasn't still conceded 2016. Yeah, exactly. Stacey Abrams is the governor of Georgia, obviously. She, yeah. she says she won that, so she must. The media gives her just as much attention as they do the actual governor who won by 60,000 votes. But that is what they do when they lose, when they don't have an They change the game. Hillary Clinton's playing a different game. She won in some magical world that doesn't actually exist, but they give her the credibility as though she did. So, you know, if, if it was just a pure popular vote, we'd campaign in those places. We could actually probably do pretty well if we campaign in California, especially now after they've seen results from this administration and after they've seen incompetence from the left. And that's not California. That could be any of these Democrat states. Look at New York. I mean, 50 out of 50 in terms of COVID-19 response, sending old people back into nursing homes to die. Pennsylvania, the same thing. Uh, you know, sending them back into nursing homes to die when we knew that they were the most vulnerable, when we knew that the elderly and those with pre-existing condition, which often go hand in hand, were the most vulnerable, you know, incompetent, Democrat leadership put those people back into nursing homes so they could infect others to die. But, you know, Andrew Cuomo is heralded as this great hero of COVID-19. I was like, I've never seen people willing to give the last place finisher the first place prize. It's, it's mm -hmm. truly astounding. It's, we're living in bizarro world, Mark. I want to encourage you folks to get this book. Certainly before the election. It's a very, very important book. Liberal Privilege, Joe Biden and the Democrats' Defense of the Indefensible. Everything we've discussed just now is in the book and a ton more. It is a compelling, intriguing book. And you lay out a lot of information about Biden that I certainly didn't know. You go to Amazon.com or if you're on my social sites, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. We'll link to it there. You can get it right now. But if you order it now, you'll get it tomorrow. The book, again, Liberal Privilege, Joe Biden and the Democrats' Defense of the Indefensible. Great book, Don, and I wish you continued success. Thank you very much, Mark. I really appreciate it, and it's great being with you as always. Same here, and God bless. That is one smart guy. Isn't he, Mr. Producer? I mean, he is sharp, he is smart. The book is terrific. And he did something interesting. He decided, and he could have gotten a lot of money. I'm not going to one of these liberal publishers. I'm going to publish this book myself. Because he's a businessman. I'm stuck with a liberal publisher. I can't get out. I've tried. But he's not. The book is Liberal Privilege, Joe Biden and the Democrats' Defense of the Indefensible. I mean, it covers the whole landscape. The research is enormous. He's got 50 pages of endnotes if you want to check it out. And, of course, the left either attacks him or ignores him. But not here. It's a great book. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. 
And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. My favorite platform is this one, radio. And I want to thank all of you who are out there listening to this program. These are very, very tough times. I know. And it's tough to get through these days sometimes. But we're in this together. I view this as our national town hall meeting. Where those of us who love this country, who intend to defend this country, who intend to re-elect this president, meet. And I understand the time that this show runs, particularly in the East Coast and the Midwest, it's often dinner time. But that's what radios are for. You just tune it in right at the dinner table. That's what my mother-in-law and my, uh, my wonderful deceased father-in-law used to do. In fact, that's what my parents used to do. But anyway, I cannot thank you enough for being here. And I've been away, really, on, uh, on family matters. And I'm back now in the saddle. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you out there and how important it is that we stay together, there are tens of millions of us, that we do not let down our guard, and that we are resolute about what's going on in this country. And it is very, very important that you are the Thomas Paines and the Paul Reveres, that you are the ones who spread the word. Use your email list, use your texting list, or just use your neighborliness when you're walking a dog or when you're outside. Don't be afraid, don't be concerned. You've got to make the case, because if you don't make the case, nobody else will. We can't rely on billionaires and millionaires to fund the campaign. We can't rely on campaign workers. They're all great. But we are citizens. We are citizen patriots. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. And we must advance the cause of liberty. We have men and women throughout our history who have fought and died. There are men and women who have lost limbs have lost their sight, have had horrific injuries and casualties. We don't have to lose anything, but we'll lose everything if we don't step up to the plate. We must. So maybe you have a child, voting age. Maybe they're kind of liberal. Maybe they don't want to get into politics. Use your psychological skills. Use your you should conv- be able to convince them, talk to them. You don't have to browbeat them. But explain what's at stake in this election. Their future's at stake. It's interesting. A lot of young people are very, very uh, skeptical, and rightly, about authority. And yet it's the authoritarians, the authoritarians in our universities, in the media, and politics, who wish to take over this country. The fact of the matter is, whether you live in the suburbs, whether you live in a rural area, whether you're a farmer or a trucker, whether you're, whether you're a teacher, whatever you are, it's all about liberty and individualism. We love our founding, we love our country, and we don't want to see it burn to the ground. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I'll see you right here tomorrow, God willing.
at our national town hall meeting. God bless you all and have a good evening. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.